Copenhagen Cowboy is a Danish noir series on Netflix created by Nicholas Vending Rafen, best known for his work on the Pusher film trilogy and directing 2011's action drama Drive. On this podcast, we like to review the latest installment of a different series every episode. The pilot we're discussing is called Mew the Mysterious, which has a runtime of 56 minutes. It's January 8th, and you're listening to today's episode. Rifen is either a director that you love or hate. There's no in-between. Um, in fact, I have a game to start this thing off because he's known for collaborating really with three actors, and I want to see if you can guess which one oh, is I not Oh, I know them, though. Oh, I, th- okay, I think two ahead. of them, at least. One is Ryan Gosling. Uh-huh. The other is Tom Hardy. Yeah. And I don't know what the third <laughs> Okay, so, uh, yeah, I guess... So it's a game of one. Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen or Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, I think it's Mads Mikkelsen? Uh, no, it was actually Jake Gyllenhaal. Mads Mikkelsen has worked the most with him, actually, out of all of, like, the actors. I think Tom Hardy... Wait, I thought I was answering for that, the one that worked with him. Oh, the one that worked with him? Yes. Yes, then you Mads Mikkelsen. You are right. He's worked on, like, Valhalla Rising, the first two Pusher films. He was in, like, a very early film of his called Bleeder. Then, you, like you were saying, Tom Hardy, he worked on Bronson with, got uh, good reviews. But then Drive, obviously, I think it's his most well-known, at least American film, critical acclaim. And they worked with Ryan Gosling again on Only God Forgives. Yeah. But it's not only that. Like, after a certain uh, event that happened, because I want to get to that kind of later, he started to work on American television shows as well he did a 2009 television film called agatha christie's marple nemesis he also worked on a 2019 amazon prime show called too old to die young starring miles teller and this is actually his first danish language work since pusher 3 which i just saw to get acclimated to him uh which was like all the way back in like 2006 which is also strange because i know that he has a production company based in copenhagen so i assumed a lot of his projects would have been Uh, dealing with Copenhagen. The comparisons between Pusher 3 and just even what I know about this series are insane because both take place in Copenhagen, both deal with the criminal underworld, and also the main character of Pusher 3 is also one of the main characters in this TV show. Yeah. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. Oh, cool. Uh, Before you ask me, five words that I would use to describe this show are abstract, raw, experimental, and dark pink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah okay so visuals and yeah also people say gritty as well so you've seen all the pusher films i just saw pusher three the last one pusher three do you need to see the other two to really understand no it it's like a standalone story i think each time yeah they're one two and three all right um and is it anything like what i just said abstract raw experimental dark pink almost exactly like that yeah right. I, I, also i would say that the last 30 minutes of pusher three and i'm not sure if this is the same type of show but it's very gory as well And the thing about this director, this creator, is that he's way into the presentation, the direction side of things. Absolutely. And less about the plot. However, because you've seen Pusher 3, I want to know how much of this synopsis actually follows that. So I'll just jump right in. There's a skinny, gaunt-looking lady in her 20s, driven to a house and exhibited to a gaggle of middle-aged women, Mm -hmm. who fawn over her and pet her like she's some sort of angel. Then they start snipping her hair and giving it out like party favors. They're actually paying for like little strands of her hair. Okay? Huh. <laughs> After the party is dismissed, Mew, because that's this woman, this yep. thin, thin person. And did uh, you recognize her? Her name is Angela Bundovic. Have you, did you recognize her or the name? Not the way you said it, but I didn't also recognize her. She was she? from the first season of The Rain. The Rain? Yeah, The Rain. Oh, you the watched show that. we did. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, I wouldn't have recognized her then. Mew is shown to her room 
uh, and told by Rosella, the person who's brought her there, that her duty is to make Rosella pregnant. Now, Rosella is in her, I would say, late 40s. Hmm. Um, and also spread luck. It's implied that Mew is like a witch. Okay. They yes, even, yes, supernatural. They, that's what people were metaphysical saying. Metaphysical ability. Yes. Um, Rosella says, if it was 400 years earlier, you'd be burned by the stake. So that's why I'm getting witch from. A few blocks away from where Rosella's staying, there's this pimp named Andre, and he runs a brothel. Andre is Rosella's brother, and both are wretched human beings. Mm. Ugly people in and out. The girls from the brothel live in Rosella's basement during the day. So Mew sees a lot of their mistreatment firsthand. Okay. Rosella's husband, Sven, doesn't speak. He only grunts and squeals like a pig. He rapes one of the girls in the basement while Mew is watching. Andre finds out, beats the shit out of Sven, says he owes him 15,000 krone. Not krona, because that would be, I think, Swedish. But krone is Denmark. Yes. Uh, currency. Right. Mew makes friends with one of the escorts. Her name is Simona. And she also lets her borrow her cell phone to call her mom. That's how they initially hit it off. Rosella assumes that she's pregnant because she's starting to get really hungry. She gets overjoyed, but then she tells Mew, because she's a nasty human being, that she's not going to pay her the full agreed upon price because of how quickly Mew was able to do it Hold and how on. easy it was. So, so so, just stopping there, like, is this a hard show to watch? Because you're talking about rape, you're talking about mistreatment. Really, it's, it's not because it, it might sound like there's like, total disgusting stuff happening but it's presented in a way where it's more inferred like we mm. we like they see him we see sven take the woman and put her over the counter and we know what's coming next but they don't go and show it the only time it gets really lewd is when rosella makes mew watch her and sven have sex and sven he grunts like a pig and they put squeals in over his voice whenever he does anything so that's his character trait that's yeah. just straight up <laughs> Well, he, when he gets beat up by Andre, everybody's at dinner. He grabs him by, like, the collar, and he throws him on the ground. We don't see him, and he just starts kicking, and we just hear the squeals of a pig. So, again, we don't see the violence happen, but we know what's happening. Does that make sense? Yes. So, Rosella thinks that she's pregnant now. Same scene where Andre beats up her husband, and she doesn't seem to care. She says, I'm not going to pay you the full salary. I'm going to pay you about 7000 actually, or 8000 And then Mew's like, no, we're going to pay me the full amount. And she said, no, we're actually going to pay you 7000 now because you don't have a visa. You don't have a permit. I have all control over you. You should be lucky for what you get. You know, this this part reminds me of Pusher 3 and also what you're saying about the characters where it's like there's no real good guys in it. Like, that's the way that the Well, Mew doesn't Pusher... seem like too bad of a human. And Simona, for sure, since they're friends, doesn't, doesn't seem that but bad. But it seems like they're all, at least, all the other characters are, like, trying to fuck each other over, like, beating people up or raping people or things like you were saying. Andre, Rosella, and Sven are nasty humans. I agree with you there. So what ends up happening is that night, Rosella has her period show up with a vengeance. Like it's presented like a horror movie. She pulls out her hand and it's all bloody. And she gets mad, obviously. And so she calls someone and she says, I want to cook Mew. Oh, you heard oh, me wow. right. Wait, yeah, yeah, she wants to like boil her brains. But then she rethinks it and she decides instead of doing that, she's just going to have her make money for them. So she sends her downstairs into the basement with the rest of the escorts, right? And those... <laughs> Those, hold, on, hold on. Yeah. So her first thought was, I'm I going want to cook it, her brain. I want to literally eat her. And then she was like, she rethinks it. And it's just like, you know what? She's just going to work for us instead. Yeah. She's like, I don't want to be too evil. 
<laughs> and then she also, I think, is afraid of Mew because she puts on glasses to make sure that she can't get into her mind or something. <laughs> I don't know what Mew's full power set is, but I assume we'll learn that later in the show. Mew goes downstairs and most of the um, women down there are bullies to her because they're already fed up with their lives. It's hell for them. And they project their anger and frustration onto Mew. They even also talk about what they've done to Rosella when she's not paying attention, like they fed her dead cats and peanuts and in put it into a stew so she oh. eats it like normal I, I don't know maybe the reason she was so hungry earlier is because um she has a parasite i don't know so that night simona says hey we got to get out of here you and i we're, we're going to escape and mew agrees and so simona leaves the brothel and mew leaves the house and it's dark outside so they never actually meet up and simona gets driven off without mew and then Simona gets strangled in a pig factory. No, wait, what? Yeah. She, she dies? Yep. We see that scene at the very beginning, but we don't know who it is. And then we see it at the end. And Simona is just being strangled out by this blonde looking dude with gloves on in the middle of a pig factory. And then she's dead. And then we see Mew just hanging out on the street trying to look for Simona. And that's where the episode ends. Okay, so just based off of that description, I am not surprised at all. This director, I, I need to say this, I don't think the show would have been made had this director not been part of it. It feels like it's a passion project of his. Really? But he, I mean, there's so much stuff that you are mentioning here that like factors in. Some of his favorite films, for example, are Clerks, 16 Candles, Cloverfield, Cannibal Holocaust, which is considered one of the most disturbing films ever made, Algiers. Why? Uh, I can only imagine what Cannibal Holocaust means. Is it what it sounds like? Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then you have like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So it's like Clerks it, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre just don't blend very well. And also 16 Candles, John Hughes just randomly out of nowhere. So he's like Mr. In-Between where he makes a movie earlier on in his career, mid-2000s, and then later on makes it into a TV show? The first film he made was Pusher. That yes. was in 1996. But didn't the third one come out the, into the 2000s? So the second and third one, the second one came out in 2004, the third one came out in 2005. And apparently this is when I got a lot of respect for him because I didn't know there was this huge thing that happened so he made pusher came out was a pretty good success got really good reviews then he made a uh, fear x and blue uh, i think bleeding was a bleeder that's yeah. and, and those were like the first two films and they just box office bombed they did so bad in fact that he himself went into bankruptcy he was going to be making another film tyler called, perry style <laughs> yeah he yeah. was okay. he was going to be making another film called Django star i'm not sure if it was in production development during the time but that got completely canceled he was down 5.5 million crown. Is that how crone. you say it? Crone. And they made a documentary about how he actually got out of it. What happened was they realized Pusher was like the only thing he had. And I don't think he wanted to make an original or make any sequels to the original. But then he made Pusher 2 and Pusher 3 just yeah. as like a last final resort. But and you've yet to talk about what's in them. Because I, I know I've just described this Copenhagen Cowboy first episode. But if Pusher 3 is so much like it, what is what is the similarity? Okay, well, to me, Pusher 3 was a lot like Mr. Between, just a way less funny version. It's about a uh, kind of criminal uh, kingpin named Milo. And it goes through... Is Milo events. supposed to be like Andre in this? Yes, I Andre think so. is kind of like uh, Andrew Tate. <laughs> he's would, would Milo, that be okay. Milo. Milo, he more he cares more about his family, but yes, he's kind of someone who, except for his daughter, who I think is getting married in the movie, he's like kind of heartless. 
um, and he's like also like having to make food for them and it and all the events take place throughout one day and uh, soon it starts to get into like people are selling other people for like sex and kind of like it gets into like human so trafficking devolves. yes yeah, human trafficking just, is like a big part here that's that's the in bold for me it goes yeah. into it goes into craziness the first 70 minutes of the film i kind of liked because it seemed like it was going on a one track story how is milo going to deal with like these criminals and how so is you're he supposed to feel with... sympathy for yes. milo yeah all right but then the last 30 minutes he also and uh it ripen said that this was like campbell holocaust was the main reason at, like a main influence for it. it turns just completely gory he breaks bad it goes yeah it goes absolutely insane and Overall, then it just ends yeah and that's basically. I wonder it if it's going to do the same thing here because it felt like it could actually have a story arc here that completed with Mew having a decent ending. Like she's not going to just die. Every single review has said that it's obvious that the director is trying to make this more than one season and that when you get to the end of this season, like the season finale, it's going to provide practically a ton of questions and no answers. No answers? No answers. I already have questions because and yeah, I want answers too. But people are saying that they want, it's obvious he's trying why to make you, it more than one season. Yeah, why are you telling me more about like, don't tell me any more about the end. I just want to talk about this episode. Okay. First of all, it's rated MA for language and smoking. But, so, but not for, but anything, not for else. anything else. <laughs> so I do find it funny that you have a rape scene and also the butt naked snorting like a pig dude having sex with his wife. And that doesn't even make the like <laughs> nudity or sex or anything like that. Um, and then going from a run of the mill ABC TV show, Will Trent, to this. I mean, <laughs> I, imagine I like the jump. it. It's out of oh, the box. Okay. It's not bad. So you I actually mean, like the TV show? The TV then. show's good. You've you got good acting. Um, abstract movies can become really blurry after a while, but this one didn't overuse like too much nauseating scenes like probably Cannibal Holocaust yeah. <laughs> did. Um, there's not really an overwhelming scene of violence like you get maybe an X or um, was that Pearl? Pearl. Uh, no, like crazy trippy provocative shit. Um, really, there's no trippy stuff. There's some, but it's not like overbearing. And there's a lot of creative direction that I. You need to have a temperament for it. So if you're watching it and you just want stuff to happen quicker, it's not going to happen that way. Like you're going to get a lot of Mew just staring off into the garden, you know. But if you if you can handle that, you're also going to get some storytelling, some bold choices. There's a lot of creative symbolism with how the monsters are depicted. Very like less human. You know how there's anthropomorphism and uh, this is like zoomorphism where humans take on animalistic traits. Right. And so that happens a lot. Even Mew at one point does this weird yawn thing where she seems to be going into sort of a seizure, but also like playing the part of an animal that's the same type of thing that the guy does when he screams at the end of the episode. This just all seems like really weird stuff. <laughs> There's also like a lot of panoramic shots or tilting, like uh, swivel cameras, uh -huh. and they shoot a lot from the bottom up. So you see a lot of people's chins upward. The director is definitely an auteur when it comes to like films or TV shows. He does it his own way. In fact, he actually talked, one of the, his biggest experiences was after he came out with Pusher, after like I think rapping completed for shooting, he had dinner with um, the director for On the Waterfront. And On the Waterfront director told him, he was like, look, whenever you're going to make TV or any movies or anything like that, make it your own way. And it seemed he like he really bought yeah here yeah a couple more things it's dark in content but also in lighting it's got that john wick where they're able to make reds and purples and pinks but still in like a very dark tone so it's not it's not bright by any means i know that the and people have said that the visuals for it look really good like yeah. just the way if that you've seen the trailer shot. it's basically that 
the, the whole time. And then the music is thumping synth. You get that. But my favorite part is the very end where it changes into when uh, Simona and uh, Mew are supposed to meet up to escape together. It kind of goes into this really catchy melody, Western alternative hybrid that I like went back and re-listened to because I was so into it. No lyrics, <laughs> but the music is really great you need, for sh- you need to shazam it. <laughs> no, I think it was its own thing. Like I think that, but I don't even think it would be on Spotify. It sounds like it sounds like you agree a lot with Collider that said that this was kind of like a gem. It, they rated it an A minus. They got the whole season. Though. I give it a seven point five because again, you do need to have that patience. I would compare it to Room One Hundred Four, Irma Vep, uh, John Wick because of the lighting, but mostly. To servant, to because servant. you have yes, servant, because you have the main character who is very strange, who may have super abilities, who probably does have super abilities. Uh, their mannerisms are kind of awkward, and they're both like rather skinny, and uh, they're both being used. None of those comparisons that you or that you said match with the comparisons that I got. I got um Danish the Killing, so the original the Killing TV show. That's a lazy one to compare this to because they're just both Danish shows. Well, then the Punisher as well, hmm. and then also the Rain. But I think that has mostly to do with like the main actress being in both. Again, the Punisher was not sparing when it came to showing you bloodshed and and violence you know and this felt more like it it reminded me of the batman animated series where they talked about how they (laughs) couldn't show too much violence to kids but they were able to do creative things to kind of represent what was going on i've seen what was that james franco show the do the deuce deuce, yeah the do yeah and that one was like it showed a lot of prostitution and the uglier sides of it and stuff you don't have to see that to understand that this is a brothel. So you didn't ever see the women, at least in the first episode, doing too much that would have been off-putting to watch. I know that Rifen said that uh, he wanted to make a show that was kind of like the main character was a superhero, but not so much with the superhero powers. Mm -hmm. The reviews themselves have been mixed. It has a 6.4 on IMDb, around 300 reviews. It has an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. You have places like The Guardian giving it a 3 out of 5. Then you have IndieWire, I think gave it like a c plus but they were saying really like this show is just too much like people really couldn't handle it so again it comes back to if you're okay with the director because i think that this is a lot like his other projects if you like his other projects you're probably gonna like this but also you have to realize this is someone who can go like he will go all out in terms no one mentioned the acting though because i thought all their acting was really good there was even like when it came to dialogue you they only spoke when they had something to say like it felt a lot less written for it like i'm not going to give you any exposition here i'm just going to talk the way that nor like we didn't even get subtitles for one of the characters one of the bullies <laughs> downstairs because she was speaking at, because Mew didn't understand her oh okay so, so that was yeah all right yeah creative but creative. you could like figure out what was going on and the dynamics between everybody without the constant dialogue i didn't get i didn't get a lot of people talking about the acting and i know the, that six the episodes. relationship that they were able to build between simona and Mew, literally within the content of like two or three scenes so that you would feel really bad when simona died at the end was that was that was pretty solid buildup. So you never you were introduced to a character named Miroslav. Miroslav, no, there was a guy I think who is I think Niklas is the guy who murdered um, uh, Simona at the end. But I only know his name because of the credits. 
Uh, Miroslav? Miroslav was the main actor from uh, Pusher 3, who is also going to be in this show as well. I thought he was in all six episodes, but apparently not. I know that they did shoot in Denmark. They started filming in, like, 2021, and then they ended sometime in April. And I know that this has kind of been anticipated by a lot of Rifen fans as well. Are you going to continue to watch the series? I'm debating it. It just takes that patience. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this review. Bye. Bye.